Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul. I am your illustrious host, CEO Hayes. If you want to follow me right off the top, follow me at CEO Hayes. If you want to follow the podcast, follow it at Awakened Soul Pod. And more importantly, if you want to follow the media company that this wonderful podcast is a part of, make sure you follow the Breaks Media Network, uh, where you'll find this podcast, A Few Screws Loose, The Team Podcast, Dark Sugar. Woo! And countless others. I will be all day naming it. Technical foul. Make sure I got to shout out. Shout out technical foul. Cold sports uh, as well. My my big brother over there. Uh, everything like the beautiful black ass podcast network that we are. Shout out to them. Um, nonetheless, I am super excited this week. If you can't tell by my voice, uh, because I have a first time guest and interview uh, on this week's episode, and it is an artist, or he is an artist by the name of Von Graves. And that name, if you don't know it, I guarantee you after this episode, you will want to make sure you're familiar. So we're going to get you guys familiar on this week's episode of The Awakened Soul. I want to thank everyone for all the uh, shout out and love and feedback that I got off last week's episode. And what I want to say, I know this is this is getting long. Uh, I usually do my cold opens a little bit quicker than this, but I want to just take time to shout out because when I sat down to record that episode it was really going to just be built around um my fast and it kind of just took a life of its own uh, that last discussion segment portion and i just want to thank you guys for uh responding to it the way that you have and keeping me uplifted like i really am appreciative of this family and this community that we're building with this podcast i want to also shout out mile high radio that just supports me uh, like none other and has put me on a whole different platform and level than what I've been on previously. So shout out to Mile High Radio and just thank you for all the love and support that you've been giving this podcast and helping the Berks Media grow as well. We got a lot of things planning and coming for uh, in 2020. It's really starting to take shape for me. Um, and that's something that really just has me like really, really excited. Like I like I've the winter. I've not really had like winter depression or anything like that, but I've been planning and plotting. And now that the full picture is coming together and me and Army of Dreamers are working on something that's just going to be so black and fucking beautiful. Um, so, yeah, it's just it just really, really is turning into going to be a hell of a year for uh, the Awakened Soul and the Breaks Media as a whole. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's enough for the cold open. That's long as hell. We're going to get into our intro. On the other side of that, we're going to hop into my crazy, twisted, and dark-ass mind, and I'll see you guys on the other side of this. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. How we planted, understand now I'm more than a rapper. Ahead of my time, a drive like I rode in it backwards. 
I'm older now and colder how I manage things I don't allow To damage my relationships with people who I know too well Who supported more than they aborted uh, I prayed to God and thought God had ignored it But no matter what I still gave him the glory where the storms that came out with a story My faith is kinda sorta Honestly out of order When tempted I'm hella forward And caught between hell and heaven Yet heating up by the border Sorta like 9-11 I fell from the highest level I gotta make it to heaven I gotta make it to heaven What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. I'm um, sorry for that long, cold open, but I had a lot of stuff to get off um, my chest. So, uh, coming into this in the minor haze segment, there's uh, it, I don't know, it's it's kind of a a multi layered topic, I guess, if, if, if that's what we're gonna say. Um, and it's this whole thing, like this, I'm sure by now everyone's seen at least the viral portion of the clip that that went live with Gail King interviewing Lisa Leslie. And kind of all the craziness that's come out of that. And so the first thing I want to talk about is Gail King's um, kind of part in this. So for anyone who didn't um, get to see the clip, um, Gail King was interviewing Lisa Leslie and she happened to say how uh, about if the whole rape case uh, tarnishes legacy. And Lisa Leslie responded very well um, by saying, you know, she, that wasn't the Kobe that she knew. And this, of course, spun, spun out a whole uh, reaction to it. And she says she's received death, death threats from uh, we got that from Oprah. Bill Cosby's even got involved. Snoop Dogg's got involved. And I, I this is the, the perspective that I want to attack it on. So Go King did come out. She released a video herself and said that, you know, it was the clip was part of a much larger interview and it kind of got taken out of context. I have one and watched the the whole interview. I would implore everyone to go and watch the full interview if they've only seen that clip because it does kind of lessen it some uh, to just see it in in the full context of it. But still, she did bring it up. And I think that it'll be it's unrealistic for a lot of people if they expect it not to ever come up. While I do have issues with it coming up at this point now where he hasn't even been buried yet. And the fact that um, to, to Lisa Leslie's point is that no one's really brought it up as he's been looked at more positively in the in the decade plus since no one's really brought it up. But now they want to. And it is part of his life. It absolutely is going to always be part of his story. But to bring it up in that light is is problematic in my opinion um and and right now in my opinion when they make the Kobe Bryant documentary years later it's going to be brought up then it should be it should be but uh, the different take on it is and this is before all the me too stuff is that Kobe Bryant apology apologized for it and while a lot of people are trying to use and look at his apology as an admission of guilt to me it wasn't that it was a mission of all right maybe my perspective on this um wasn't what that young lady's perspective on and we even had a topic here it was years ago on the awakened soul where we oh and it was actually on love less and badass Soul uh when we talked about um we labeled the episode accidental rape and in that in that frame we're talking about and i remember it was a video at the time and it was about how men's aggression can make a woman give in to having sex when she doesn't necessarily want to in a in a in an attempt not an attempt but in kind of a fight or flight response to either let and go with sex because they do fear being raped and i and again i can't say that that's what happened in the kobe situation i'm just saying that the fact that he admitted that uh, let us know that all right while he i don't he doesn't probably or he did not feel that he raped her but he can see after everything happened and hearing her perspective that she had a different perspective perspective on what happened 
And I think to automatically turn that into guilt um, is problematic. And we weren't there. Unfortunately, you know, the witness has not talked about it since. Uh, I think I even read something that said she's not going to come out and talk about it now that Kobe's dead either. Um, but it's going to come up in his legacy. So anyone who doesn't expect it is going to. Now, what I want to talk about on the other side of this and where it is problematic and where I have an issue sometimes, and this happens with uh, a lot of times in our culture, is that people will see one person be wronged or they feel that they're wrongly accused of something and they automatically want to latch into something else. And that Bill Cosby aspect in this um, is what bothers me. So the people who are trying to now use the Kobe thing to say, oh, yeah, free Bill Cosby. Or, oh, yeah. B Bill, Bill Cosby was by all like his his accusers did come out and testify. He was found guilty. Don't now try to throw him and lop him into something else. And we do this so often. We sit here and somebody will be wrongly accused of something and we automatically want to to lop everyone into that. Like the whole R. Kelly and Bill Cosby thing, I'm sorry, maybe I'm wrong, you guys can disagree, but I don't see that the same way as the Kobe Bryant situation at all. Those two motherfuckers, to me, were nothing but predators. So when you try to lop in um, the Bill Cosby situation into the Kobe situation because you guys feel like it's, it's him being wrongly accused and wrongly attacked, Bill Cosby doesn't get that leeway, at least not for me. We we have to stop doing that. Look at each case individually. And I get it. Black men are under attack. And I get it. We want to see Harvey Weinstein under as much scrutiny as Bill Cosby and Art Kelly and where's his documentary. And I, I even tweeted that out. Shout out to Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast, who actually did point me in the direction that there is uh, actually two Harvey Weinstein documentaries. Now, they haven't been as publicized, um, which is a problem in of itself, because I think those things need to be just as publicized as fucking surviving R. Kelly and leaving Neverland or whatever. But to get back on topic here, because we see injustice everywhere, we got to stop thinking every single person is a victim of that injustice, in my opinion. So when Bill Cosby is sitting here tweeting from fucking jail and using it as an opportunist, that shit makes my skin crawl. It really, truly and honestly does. Because looking at it, what the fuck? Does Bill Cosby really like, okay, I get it. And everyone doesn't have to agree with me. And I know there are some people who truly believe that and feel that Bill Cosby was targeted and he was wrongly accused and X, Y, Z. I don't share that opinion. So maybe it's just my view and my opinion being different on that that keeps me from having that perspective. But that's me and that's my opinion. And this is my platform. And I'm going to give my true opinion on this platform. So it's, it's, I don't know. It, it's like I said, it's definitely problematic in my opinion. Um, but I don't want to see us in a, an attempt to maintain Kobe's legacy or that we feel like we're fighting him to try to throw other people that don't really deserve our defense in it as well. We got to judge each situation on an end and on its own. And I don't think that we're doing that to a certain, certain degree when we're trying to lock people who, who situations are completely different, completely different. Um, and the whole Snoop Dogg thing, and I get it. Snoop Dogg's post about Gail King where, you know, the name calling is fine, but when he said, don't make us come, like, I, I feel like in his being emotional in the response for somebody that he knew in Kobe Bryant, he didn't think about what the impact of his words are. When you have a, a certain level of celebrity, unfortunately, and I'm not saying that it's his fault, but when you say things, people are going to react to that. They're going to take it as if an order. That's that's the level he's on. People look up to him in that. So when he said that thing of don't make us come for you, I don't think that he meant it in the way that the, that the public didn't or people have taken it, taken it to now go in and make death threats towards Gail King. That is problematic. And that's just feeding the, the monster even more so than what it is. Um, yeah. And the, and the whole Oprah thing, like I, we, we on the breaks radio, we talked about it. The episode was called, uh, uh, idols turn rivals. And we did talk about the aspect of like Oprah, not really, <clears throat> 
she is selective in my opinion again this all this is my opinion people may agree with it or they may disagree with it but i don't know it's 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 we need to get better that's all i'll say and i and i want I hope that eventually, like all this and where it turned is that people, uh, celebrities specifically, are more um, watchful over their words. And, you know, and something else that I want to kind of talk about before we end this in the Minor Hayes segment is with the Gail King thing and her saying that her network uh, kind of cut that interview up in a way um, to promote it. Um, yeah, I, I think we do need to also acknowledge that these networks do do that. The whole thing is the whole purpose of it is to go viral. They want those retweets. They want those that guttural reaction from us because then it's going to make us go and tune into the interview. So while some of the stuff she said is on on its own, regardless of how, of how it was cut, it's definitely problematic. And even initially in watching it, I was highly upset by it, but try, taking a couple of days away from it. That's why I'm glad I didn't record right afterwards and really looking at it, getting to see the full interview, hearing her response where she did honestly seem genuine in it. Um, I still, like I said, some of the things that she did in there is problematic regardless of how it's cut up. But we do need to realize that a lot of these public figures, especially on platforms where they do interviews and they have these larger, larger bases, they do cut things in a way to make to sensationalize it so that then people can uh, tune in. So overall, and, and I've been trying to I didn't initially want to talk about this during the end of mine. Hey, segment, um, just because I hate feeding into the negativity, but I, that, I, I feel like my, I needed to put my voice behind, uh, this, I needed to talk about it, um, from my standpoint. So yeah, it's, it's extremely unfortunate, but I hope that everyone kind of learned from this. And, um, this is why I do say, and I, and I pushed this on my platform a lot the last couple of years is that really, uh, these viral clips really try to go in and, and, and see the full thing if you have time or before you react and i get it it's it's you're going to react i reacted so i'm not i can't really uh <laughs> say too much on that because i reacted myself off initially seeing it but we do need to try when we can to watch the full video and get a full scope of what was meant there um but that's it for the in the mind of hay segment we're going to get into uh the cookie chronicles and i'll catch you guys after that hey guys it's your girl back easy Hi, everybody. It's your girl, Joanne. Hey, guys. It's Trell, and this is The, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat, where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that. Take that. <laughs> hey, Saints and Aids. This is the first lady here with Cookie Chronicles. Welcome to... Sunday. Okay, we made it through another week. We're about to start a new week. And I just had to get some stuff off my chest. Let me be really, really honest. So I told you guys a few episodes ago that I just jumped back into the dating scene, right? I was in a relationship for five years, didn't work out, been single since 2017, June-ish. And lately, I have been like on Tinder and, you know, dating, dating sites. So I have some online dating etiquette, okay? And this could go for Instagram. This can go for Facebook. Wherever you decide to meet people and, you know, however you decide to date online. Okay? So here we go. The first thing is the photos, okay? Now, the photos are going to tell you everything you need to know about, you know, looks, how they dress, maybe how tall or short they are. You know, all of that. Let's start with the photos, okay? So first of all, as like I said, I'm on Tinder. And on Tinder, 
I have seen, you know, you swipe left if you don't, if you're not interested, you swipe right if you are. On Tinder, I have swiped left on so many people that have like food or crumbs on their mouth or in their beard or crust in their eyes. And it's like, first of all, why would you take that close up of a photo? And second, do you not look at yourself in the mirror as to how you present to others before you take these pictures and put them online for everyone of the opposite sex to see? Like there is nothing attractive about seeing someone, man or woman, with food on their face. Maybe it could have been a little dry slob. Maybe you just woke up. I don't know. Please, please, men, please, please look in the mirror, evaluate yourself and your looks before you take a picture. Don't just go to snapping, okay? All right, another one is teeth. Oh my God, there's so many. I've never in my life saw so many grown people with missing teeth or messed up teeth, okay? Brown spots, yellow spots, missing teeth, gold front. Like, we're all grown, okay? We're all grown. We're all of uh, of consent, 18 or over. We should all have some type of medical and dental insurance. I don't understand why there's so many adults that do not take care of their mouth. And you guys are the first ones that want to kiss other people in the mouth and go down on people. Mm-mm, nasty. That's a no-no. Don't do that. Fix your teeth. Fix your mouth. Make sure your mouth is, is taken care of. Another thing with your mouth. You take pictures with your tongue sticking out, and your tongue is white. Oh, oh my God. It, it, it makes me want to throw up just thinking about it. Please don't take pictures like this. Again, take care of your damn mouth, okay? Another thing with photos. Please, please, please make sure that wherever you take a photo at, the background is clean. We do not want to see pallets on the floor for a bed. We do not want to see dirty homes and rooms, nasty bathrooms, mirrors dirty with toothpaste and pimple pop crap all over it. Please be mindful of where you taking your photo and how clean the background is. If you want to take a photo in your house and you know your house is not clean, clean it up. If it's a mirror photo, get a little Windex, clean the mirror before you fucking take a picture, okay? Clean the bed. Make sure, if you, even if you got clothes in the background, can you at least fold them? Can they not be all over the floor in the bed? Can you not have food? Like, your house shouldn't look like a hoarder's home in a picture that you're taking for an online dating site. Shit, for social media, for that matter. No one should see that shit. Cover that shit up, clean it up, do something. Another thing that people do that irks me, and I'm pretty sure women do this too on dating sites, which I don't understand. It's okay to tell people that you have kids on a dating site because that's something that people should know, especially if you are in the mind space of building with someone and wanting to have a relationship and get married as your end goal. But we should not see photos of your kids on dating websites. I cannot tell you how many people I've seen with their kids or their nephews or somebody that they know that's a child in their photos on whether it was POF or Bumble or um, Tinder. Please don't do that. It is way too many things going on with children and pedophiles and 
just no, leave your kids out of this, okay? They shouldn't see your kids or be introduced to them if if it's someone you decide to talk to. Like we've talked about that. Um, another thing with these photos. Why are you guys taking group photos and every picture on your profile is a group photo? How the fuck are we supposed to know who we're talking to here? Is it you, the funny looking one in the picture? Or is it you, the cute one in the picture? Who is it? Who are you? Why are you playing with people like this? Stop that shit. No one likes that. Okay, so here's something when it comes to pictures also, okay, that irks my soul. And I will immediately swipe left. We understand people are animal lovers, cats, dogs, whatever. No one should see you kissing your animal in the mouth, especially these fucking dogs. No one wants to see a picture of a dog licking you on the lips or licking your face or these little um, these boomerang loop videos with your animals licking all over your face. Oh. And I ain't even gonna lie, it's mostly the white people, but that's another story. We ain't gonna go too much into that. Also, with dating websites, when it gets to a point where you match with someone and you guys are messaging, do not talk about sex off the break. Unless you know for a fact, based on the profile and the things that the person wrote in the profile, that that's what they want, do not be rude or disrespectful and bring up sex. Do not bring up body parts that you've seen in a photo. You know, some of us women, we have big boobs. Sometimes we love, we wear low shirts. We're not completely naked, but we wear low, sh- low shirts. We still look classy, but sexy. That's not what you need to say to me in your first message or two when you, like, when you write me, when you inbox me. I don't want to hear that shit. I know how big my titties are. You don't have to tell me that. And the fact that you feel like you had to speak on it is a problem for me. Don't do that. Do not talk about sex. Don't talk to me about what you want to do, what you want to try. No, I'm not about that life. I'm not about that life. And one more thing. Do not ask me for my number off the break. Just because we matched immediately, your first message to me should not say, what's your number? Another thing. Your first message should not be, what's up? That is so passive aggressive. Do not write anybody talking about what's up. Again, unless their profile suggests to you that they about their life, their one night stand life, or you know, they want to have sex or something like that, don't do that. Please don't do that. Please take all of these these rules and regulations into effect immediately on your social media and your dating websites. Go and log in right now. Let them know that the first lady sent you to correct your page. <laughs> They might ask why certain pictures disappeared. It's okay. Tell them you had to upgrade a little bit. You had to get your shit together. Because we cannot be presenting ourselves crazy. We got to know who we looking at in these pictures. We got to make sure that we don't have our children and our nieces and nephews in these pictures. And we want to make sure we're respectful on all levels. That's what we need to do. Because this dating world has gone way down in the past few years. I don't know what the fuck has been going on, but people are not courting the way they used to. People are not communicating the way that they used to. People don't know how to speak to each other. Like, everything is through technology. Okay, so you meet on on a dating site or social media. You don't have to text or inbox that person to get to know them. 
you still need to continue to have human face-to-face interaction with somebody, okay? Let's not get caught up in this technology phase that we forget how to speak, how to have conversation, how to read people's facial expressions. Certain shit needs to be done in person. You can't do everything via text and on social media in the inbox or DM. So with that being said, let's go ahead, you guys, and update these profiles and these pages. Let's make sure we are presenting our best, best selves. And let's see how this dating world goes from here. You know, baby steps, baby steps. We're going to start with the pictures and we'll get into the other stuff a little later. But baby steps, okay? Now, I don't want you guys to forget that I opened Lady Haven, the women's boutique, as of Super Bowl Sunday, which is February 2nd. So, if you haven't went to the site yet, make sure you go and visit. It's Lady, dot com, And we have everything you can think of for women. We have two-piece tracksuits. We have pants. We have leggings. Not only do we have leggings, y'all, but ladies, we have tummy control leggings. So for y'all that got a little bit of belly, even as ones that didn't have no children, <laughs> these tummy control leggings and compression leggings will suck all of that in. They're uber comfortable. You could dress them up or down. I definitely think those will be the best seller. Um, I also want to wish myself a congratulations because I had my first two sales on Friday. Then I just shipped everything out on Saturday yesterday. So congratulations to me. I'm super excited. Um, I cannot wait to get more stuff up on the site for you guys. I'm definitely bringing in swimsuits and lingerie for the summertime and a lot more dresses, like spring dresses and shoes. So just be on the lookout. Again, it's Lady Haven, L-A-D-I-H-A-V-E-N. You can search us on Facebook, Instagram, and just go to ladyhaven.com. Well, all right, you guys, it's been fun. I am going to talk to you guys next Sunday. And boy, do I have a good conversation for y'all. Let me tell you, I already got it planned out. But I'll talk to you guys on Sunday, okay? All right, you guys. Bye. What's up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies Podcast, Podcast. a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week we have conversations with our co-host Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey. What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. All right. So we're back. Um, that was Tia with the Cookie Chronicles. And I got one thing uh, to say uh, before we get into the main topic discussion. And shout out to my uh, boy Dan on Drugs from uh, Black Law and Legal Lies and A Few Screws Loose. And on this week's episode of A Few Screws Loose, he actually talked about um, financial insecurity. And he, and he explained... We joke all the time. I even said it last time about him being rich and he kind of threw a jab at me just saying how uh, me mentioned it on my platform and how big it is. He got like some DMs about 
asking him for money and that and again that goes back to like what i said with gail king and i have to hold myself accountable to it while i know dan takes it all in the stride and all jokes you do have to be responsible i took a joke that we that me and aj throw at dan all the time and i said it here and didn't really kind of think about uh, because of the size of the platform how that may uh affect him and i and i do you know you get caught up because we're podcasters we all joke and we all crack but people everyone who listens to this podcast isn't a podcaster so they may uh hear that but i I do want to talk about the fact of dan talking about financial insecurity and talking about the fact of how black people will spend their last twenty dollars on something to look like they have money rather than actually investing it in them or anything else um and with last week us talking about investing like in your passion and putting time into your passion we do as a as a people generally. I know this doesn't affect everyone. Um, I think that in the black culture, we had nothing for so long that when we when we get the opportunity to look like maybe we have more than what we do, of course that we take it. Um, and it's a it's a psychological thing. And I never really thought about financial insecurity um before and how that plays a fact in the, in the, like how we live our lives. Like for me, for example, I don't think it's necessarily me, but like um, well for me, it's for for my sons. Like when my son asks for something especially the oldest now that he's in grown men's size shoes like oh, my my first instinct is going and how we can get it for him because i knew what it was like to not get to have something to do something that i want so i never want them to feel that way um but luckily i'm we're able to do it we're able to provide that for our children and you know we're, we're blessed uh to be in a situation where almost anything our kids want we're able to get it at some point maybe not right right where they want it but Financial insecurity is a real thing. And I just wanted to take some time out before we go into the discussion topic to just a shout out Dan for being open on there and also give him some shine. Like I, I gave him some shine for being rich and, you know, some things uh, came his way. But I do want to take time out to shoot uh, some shine to him for his amazing platform that he's building with a few screws loose. And I'm thankful that it's part of the Breaks Media and that, you know, he did feel comfortable enough with me to have that on my platform someone who really doesn't like people um but everyone needs to go and check out a few screws loose he's been holding it down by himself for a while his uh partner in crime p is going to be coming back very soon so i wanted to take some time out to uh reflect on what he said a little bit both in what my actions were and also the financial insecurity part and i wanted to present this question to you guys what do you suffer from financial insecurity and Think about that. That doesn't necessarily mean you don't have money, but do, do what what financial insecurity do you, what, that you may have that then impacts the way that you do spend your money, or even if it impacts, oh, I'm never going to be broke again, and I got to hustle, 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 hustle. Even if you are necessarily making enough to be comfortable, more than comfortable, you just keep on hustling because you don't know when that money is going to stop coming in. But like I said, definitely go and check out a few screws loose. We're going to go ahead and get into this break and hear from another Breaks Media podcast. And after this, we're going to get into the main discussion topic for today. Featuring Von Graves. I'll see you guys there. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So I have a first time guest on the podcast this week. Someone who's doing their thing in music, which that's the whole reason why I started this podcast is I wanted to talk about music. So uh, <laughs> we got uh, the owner of Music Brands, and artist and songwriter, Mr. Von is in the building. What's going on? What's going on, man? It's a pleasure to be here. To be on here. Absolutely, man. Thank you for taking out time to talk to me, man, uh, about everything. And we're going to get into music, your project that's about to drop. But because we're both in Columbus and we both are creatives in, in Columbus, like it was only, I think, only a matter of time before our paths crossed or whatever. Because, you know, Columbus is only, it's a huge city, but like the creative culture, we all kind of are like, right, right. We, we mingle with each other. And, and 
one thing that I wanted to ask you about off the top is like I'm I'm a Columbus transplant. I've only been here three years now, but I think in that th- in that three years, I've seen the creative culture grow in the time that I've been there. What do you think about it? Like with the the, the way that it it's grown and it's it's continuing to develop and everything with the creatives here. Well, you know, Columbus is is interesting because from a uh, from like a location standpoint, you know, they are, it's always Cleveland that always gets, and they have a lot of a really rich history with music and stuff up in Cleveland, and so um, Columbus gets overlooked a lot, even when artists come and tour. They kind of uh, they'll go ahead Cleveland and Cincinnati before they go ahead for yeah. Columbus. So, um, when I before I moved out to LA, um, you know, coming up in, in the city, uh, it was a lot of uh, um, a lot of clubs, man. You had a lot of different crews. You had an older crowd that wasn't so connected to social media and stuff. Um, pretty much run the, the music scene out here, so everybody pretty much stayed in their own little little thing, and and it really wasn't anything bringing everybody together. And I didn't really after a while, I didn't really see one artist being able to unite the entire city, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because of the culture, it was never, was never like that. Um, I think, I think as of late, though, when I moved back from LA, man, I see a lot of development um, within it, uh, definitely from a fashion standpoint. So a lot of the arts are starting to really uh, come together and create their, their districts and really like a, like Rich Street is a really rich district where a lot of artists and painters and stuff are kind of cultivating and, and mingling and stuff. So it's an interesting climate now and I think really the only thing we're missing, man, is that one really big um, uh, company like if Rock Nation or uh, or or Def Jam or, or even if Spotify had like a headquarters here in Columbus, man, that one stable uh, that can kind of uh, bring other companies similar to it uh, to the area that then obviously has a domino effect because you have a lot of people that want to move closer to opportunity. That's why they leave Columbus is because they want to go uh, move closer to opportunity. So if you can bring opportunity closer to people here, um, I think it's an amazing place, bro. It's a six-hour drive to get to any city, you know, within range, you know, in a lot of major cities in the space. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not far from Shy, Indianapolis. You can get to D.C. Right. in six hours. Right. Like, New York is a little bit right. further. That's like eight. But, like, yeah, I love, I love how centralized Columbus is. And then because we have Ohio State here, we get all different types yeah. of cultures and backgrounds to uh, come here. Absolutely. So it's, it's really – Dope mingling. Was it important for you uh, when you were starting music to have it based in Columbus, or was it tempting to like go somewhere else? No, absolutely. So uh, originally, we found I founded it and, and had the idea for the company when I was living in Los Angeles. Um, the, the the idea I was just looking at the at the way that because I always try to. So I was a kid when, when you know I would get toys when I was younger. Um, I would buy a toy and then immediately unscrew it and take it apart because I want to see how it works. You know what I mean? I'm very analytical when it comes to that. So when I lived out in L.A., I'm looking around like, okay, why is Columbus not like L.A.? You know what I mean? And, and one of the things that I started realizing was my first experience of driving in the skyline is Capitol Records, Def Jam, Warner, uh, all these companies that as an as a, uh, aspiring artist or entertainer, you've always wanted to be a part of um, we don't have that. Our skyline is nationwide, Children's Hospital, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Huntington Bank yeah. and things like that. Um, so it was definitely important for me to, you know, because the vision for what I want to build is so, is so massive, um, I, I absolutely wanted to plant it here because it's nothing like it in the city, and I think it's a great uh, – uh, it's a great uh, – it would just be a great pioneer type of platform that could bring a lot more to it. So. That's what's up. That's what's up. So let's get into like you and your start. So you you 
had the the uh the college anthem that dropped on YouTube, right? Like what was that like for you to go viral? And and nowadays like so many artists get their kick by going viral. Like what was that like? Uh it was dope, man. You know what I mean? I, I was now like uh really trying to figure out who I wanted to be as an artist and uh it was a, it was a blessing that uh the campus and at the time, you know, you just that time, OU was a very, very popular school at the time. Uh, we were the number one party school in the nation. Uh, we had the biggest music festival in the, in the, in the Midwest that was coming out of uh, OU. Um, everybody wanted to go there, you know, uh, especially, you know, a lot of my peers, man, and um, our sports teams were going really well, too. Uh, we were going really deep in the uh, in the tournaments and stuff, both football and basketball. So, um, so it was a lot of hype around it. So it was just good timing uh, that they're not – Started to, to making my climb my freshman year. I come in and the song did well because it was so relatable to a lot of college students and stuff. I was really self conscious about it because it was so uh, gumdrop poppy, like some stuff that just like it wasn't really music that I, I thought that I'd be making it that I grew up on, man. But it but it clicked and it worked just because of the demographic that I was in. So uh, so it was a dope time, man. I mean, it was definitely a, a great experience for me. Now, something that like it's is we don't often hear about the downside too. So, if there was one, what was the downside to having something go viral like that? Were you even prepared for it? I guess that would probably be the first one, like to not be prepared for something mentally like that. Well, yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting it to oh. uh, to to do what it did, man. But uh, from a preparation standpoint, like I, I think I was. I mean, it didn't change. It, it definitely gave me like a great start and gave me a, a great push man, to really be able to start building a solid fan base um, around my music. And that song, even though it didn't really reflect uh, music that I would think that I would be making or, or, or music that I even listen to, you know, uh, it, it made people want to know more about me. And then so from there, I was able to take that and now introduce them to the music that I actually felt like. Um, and they were more uh, open and, and receptive to it just because, you know, I had already caught their ear with the Jordan thing. Um, I would tour, man. I mean, it, it put me on tours where I had to schedule my classes uh, strategically around tour schedules and stuff. So I would be done with, with class on Thursday. I would never have a class on Friday so that we can, you know, go to a different campus. And we drove as far as Texas and South by Southwest and stuff. Um, and then, you know, turn around, drive all night Sunday, be back by class like Monday morning, you know, and I was pretty good. Operated throughout college, you know, for four years, bro. So, or you know, really four and a half slash five, because of that lifestyle uh, yeah. affected the school part of it too. Bad. Yeah, was it was it important for you to not to not leave school to chase that dream? I know that had to be tempting. Yeah, I was very tempting, man. And uh, my parents have always always college. You know what I mean? It was so that was for them that. That meant that they were successful as parents if I got to college and, and, and graduated. And that was something they always talked about. So for me it was always a it was always a battle, it was always a fight, you know, if I if I wanted to uh to drop out um to pursue music. Um because they also looked at it as, you know, you're really, really you're you're good at it and it's fun, but are you still gonna be as serious about it when it gets real? Um and you actually have responsibilities and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, all these performing and do all this stuff in college, man. And then, you know, you have to grow up at some point and, you know, are you passionate about it to to sleep out of a suitcase, you know, for, for two years or whatever and, and couch surf or uh, are you courageous enough to go to a city you've never been to before and try to try to make it happen, you know, or is it, or is it, it was just, it was just an easy to do at the time. And now, you know, I'm going to go get that job because I can't not have a car 
like my peers have more. I'm supposed to be married by this date or, you know, even, you know, I got a baby and I got to do this. All these other pressures and stuff that take you away from the thing that you're the most passionate about. Um, pretty much separates, you know, what you want to do. So for them, they didn't know how serious I was about, you know, what I want to do. It, 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 I couldn't even imagine being faced with that temptation. Look, luckily, I found my passion after that because I, I, yeah, man, that would have been a, a hard one for me. Um, and how, how, so what's it like being an artist that also manage artists? Like, how do you strike that balance? It's, 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 it's tough, man. It's being resourceful, man. And um, for me, I, I guess my approach is more so from a mentorship standpoint. Okay, I have um, experience in this, and um. And I'm, I'm really just trying to prepare them to also be young uh, entrepreneurs, young artists, business people, and, and thinking of new ideas. I was having a conversation with uh, two of my artists the other night. Um, like, whatever you're thinking about, or whatever you're thinking about doing, because they're prepared to release some music, drop videos. And I'm like, man, it's not not big enough. You know, I know it's not big enough. You know what I mean? So think bigger. And I'm always trying to get them to think bigger and don't allow uh, uh, money or capital to uh, limit and stifle their imaginations. You know, um, you'd be surprised some of the ways that things can come together uh, when you believe in it and when it's, uh, you know, when it excites you enough. You know, the, the universe works in mysterious ways, man. So I'm always just telling them just to just expand their horizon to think bigger than what you want to do. And that's how I approach a lot of my, my music and stuff too so it's kind of a lead by example type of type of role and then luckily have an amazing team of managers you know people that we we brought on that have management experience to handle a lot of the more the more tedious aspects of, of management if that makes sense yeah yeah for sure for sure what um going in like at the beginning of 2020 you got your project coming out which we'll be talking about i that I, i'm really excited to talk about especially that i got to hear it but in, in in 2020, who's some of the artists that you're looking at in Columbus, other than artists that you work with? It could be artists that you work with, but like some of the artists that you think people need to take more notice of in Columbus. Okay, so I'm, I'm absolutely going to use this as an opportunity to plug. So, so gonna, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's why I had to change it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to go, uh, but definitely, you know, uh, King Shot is a, is a really talented artist that we have, man, and young kid that. Is, is uh you know has a, a glow about him man and a, a, a humility a, a, a humble confidence that is really really unique uh, uh, to, to somebody so that's somebody I'm really excited about his music is really really good um, we have another artist named Poppy K uh, Pepe I call it Pepe is a big thing but he's also super talented too very like uh, his work ethic is is something I've never seen before I mean he lives in the studio and is always working and he's also an amazing engineer so uh, mixing his own music and things like that um, Dallas Sign Asia is another dope artist that we have the privilege of of managing and having on our platform and uh, she's just unique there's nobody like her in Columbus um, she can sing and rap which is amazing and she has a dope look uh, about her that I think you know once we find the right uh, uh, once we just get more around her uh, but I think that it'll and once we get more music to get that stuff man um, it's really gonna make a big splash outside of our camp um, the artists that are there that I'm inspired by because they're doing it on a bigger level. So you got like EKT40, they just got a really big deal, you know, with with, uh, with Dream Chasers. Yeah. And, and you know what I mean? And that's a big deal, you know? And, and it's actually, uh, there's a warehouse uh, here in this location that we're about to transition into. It's a lot bigger in the space that we're in now. 
Um, but the warehouse that's attached to it, Rock Nation is doing a lot of like their marketing projects and stuff out of this particular building. So it was very close to having this type of industry that I was, you know, that I was talking about. Yeah. Um, is another, you know, really talented artist that found a way to brand himself and find a niche within the market. Um, that's allowing him to do really well. Um, there's a, a Trigo is, a, is an artist that's really connected to just yeah. like the roots of the world. And, and somebody that's also, you know, something I keep an eye on. Elijah Banks is another really talented artist that I actually have a relationship with and uh, and got to see his growth. Um, actually, I gave him, I think, like maybe his first feature okay. uh, like a long ago, right after around the door music time. Uh, so, you know, I made him have a special relationship as well, man. And, um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. We're always looking. Uh, Jay Mills is another really talented artist. He's a workhorse as well. Uh, he's actually over here in a session with, you know, with some clients right now. And he stays in sessions all day long. So I don't okay. know when he has to work on his own music because he's always booked. You know what I mean? But he's, he's super talented, man. And uh, it's just cool, man. And, you know, me being an older artist, um, it, it, it's cool because I'm learning from them too. You know, they're, they're picking up certain things from me because I'm trying to get them to take the songwriting aspect of it a lot more serious. Songwriters last a long time in the music industry. Um, not being a good songwriter, you can get away with the look and stuff for so long, but your window is, is you know, two or three years. So, again, I'm also trying to prepare them, uh, motivate them and think about the bigger picture and the longevity and sustainability. Cause that's what music is about, you know, for independent artists. Um, so, so yeah, and I'm always just, uh, you know, looking for, for new, new artists and stuff, but those are the ones that stand out to me, for sure. That's what's up. You you name basically the who's who right right now in in Columbus. So uh, that's and, and it's it's funny because we have such like it's bubbling, it's coming. And I was saying this on another. I think when I was talking to Cassius, Cassius Keys, by the way, who need a shout out as well. But um, it's really you feel it that it's about to come for Columbus, and I really feel that because uh, we just we got so many dope artists here, and it's it's gonna pop in in, in a way like and the culture here is more than just music too. Like we got dope uh, uh clothing designers here like artists like everything yeah yeah so um but to get into into you now as an artist let's, let's get into it first of all the, let's start with the title of this project heaven yeah. and earthly places was it important mm-hmm. for you to work your your faith into the, into this album because it's all through the titles of this album and uh these songs and i love it Right, right. Uh, uh, was it important? Yes. Um, was it intentional or was it something that I had to like uh, force? No. Um, uh, even to even door music. Um, I don't think I had any references in that one, but but that project that that song was on was always. I've always. I'm, so I was an English major in school. Uh, I, I probably I'm, I'm a storyteller. So whether that's in film or, or music or whatever, I, I love telling stories and I love. Um, uh, uh, linear, uh, uh, narrated things, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so for me, I've always followed this same story, uh, you know, from, from college. And it, it started off as this kid that grew up in the church. Um, you know, it wasn't like, like, uh, it wasn't that, that dude, but definitely, you know, grew up in that. And, and my family was that, you know, so, I, so I definitely, um, knew, 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 uh, knew God, knew the gospel. Um, but you know, then you then you grow up, and then you go to high school, and then you have uh, girls in high school. You have sex for the first time, man, and you know, and then you like it. So then you know, you start doing all these things. So the human side of me has always uh, has always been a conflict, even in college. 
I would, you know, I'm in college and, you know, it's, you know, dorm music is viral and I'm, I'm the hottest dude on campus and I'm touring and stuff. I have groupies already. I'm 19 and stuff. It's on a small scale, but it's a lot of temptation. And, you know, I make a decision and, and I feel bad about it. You know, I feel terrible about it. Why did I do that? Uh, I don't even, I don't even know her. You know, I feel, I feel shitty. Then I write a song, you know, and now a whole project is just about how my experience in college and, Trying to balance between trying to trying to be you know live live the right way and be happy with myself, uh, but also still wanting to blend in, wanting to have fun, and wanting to, to be cool and be a part of those crowds. Um, I've always had this fantasy of Los Angeles and, and Los Angeles being in the movies where you see these rock stars that crash and burn, and and I've always been fascinated by that story, that storyline. And so even then, I'll do a lot of foreshadowing in the music, and I and I talk about. LA. So Ego 3 is dope because what it does is it kind of brings it full circle because in, you go back and listen to my first project, I'm talking about what life would be like when I moved to LA or if I was in LA, would it be like this? Is it this times 10? I know it's this times 10, so let me make songs and kind of imagine what that would be like and, and then actually now experience it and kind of manifesting a lot of things that I said on my first project mm-hmm. in real life. So now this is my chance to, to actually talk about what that experience did for me and, and the transformation that, that came from that. So, you know, and it just happened to be, you know, definitely rooted in scripture. So. That's what's up. That's what's up. Let's, uh, I got to get into this before we get into, into anything else on this project. And okay. I know heaven, heaven, I want to talk about too, but the fall <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Genesis, like, so what, where were you at mentally when you wrote those? Man, that's dope, man, because we do this thing called quality control here at the studio, and uh, I played that album. And and that's funny, because The Fall was like my, that was a song I wasn't going to put on the album, because I, I used to not like it. And then it kind of started fitting more to more, sort of kind of started coming together. Uh, but but it's funny, because they like that one, too, so that's interesting. But uh, honestly, man, that's I'm in L.A., and, um, and, you know, a really, really good friend of mine that I, that I grew up with, Okay. When I really, I knew when I was younger, um, and then we reconnected after college. Uh, when I was in LA, he was also out there as well, and, and uh, being around him and, and the person that he was, and then kind of seeing it firsthand without me having to experience this transformation, but seeing it firsthand with somebody that I'm rooming with and I'm seeing every day, and I'm seeing his lifestyle literally turn him into a completely different person to the point where he even looked different. His hair was longer and stuff, and and I've seen it slowly but surely become that man, and it actually put a rift in our relationship. Uh-huh. Um, that was directly in response to, to that particular scenario, um, talking directly to this this person, but also seeing little pieces of that within myself as well. So, um, and then Genesis is the, the, based on the storyline of the album. Um, G- Genesis is me now uh, feeding into those voices, you know, those those voices that kind of speak to you when you are when you are centered and when you are balanced and kind of tell you to do the the wrong things and and uh, make you question things that you know are right um it kind of blurs the lines between good and bad and stuff and so um genesis is 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 that you know and and um and my first taste of of this uh experience of having uh this thing that i'm now starting to listen and buy into uh, affecting and influencing my decisions in this you know, in this in this world. You know. With so with the, this this project being ten tracks, was it 
was it intentional for you to set out for 10 tracks or did you kind of just stop and say all right this feels like it's done i told i told the story that i came to tell uh so so yes it was intentional to keep it uh to keep it short i'm a really big fan of short albums um, I think that we're in an ADHD type of like hyper listen generation and stuff, man. And whenever I see an album that has 22 to 26 songs, it doesn't make me happier as a fan to see that. Uh, to me, it looks like, um, first off, I feel overwhelmed. You know, it's a lot of music. I'm just going to go skip through and uh, look for the ones with the stars on the broadcast and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then. Um, and then also it kind of looks like you just do some throwaways, some throwaways on there and you was trying to just put a bunch of songs on this project. So I've never liked long albums. Um, I was, I always felt like Born Center, J. Cole's second project, had he cut it to maybe 12 tracks, man, that album could have been a lot doper, uh, but he had some songs in there that just kind of felt like yeah. he just doing more than just a throw. Yeah. Um, and so for me, yeah, I wanted to keep it very concise. Um, I've always been trying to master keeping attention for as long as possible for music. You know, when we watch film and movies, we don't skip scenes and stuff to our favorite scene of the movie and then only watch those scenes. Uh, we watch the movie from front to back. So why is it when we listen to music uh, that, we, that we skip around and only listen to the song we like yeah. and stuff? So I'm always trying to keep it connected and keep it cohesive to where you know, you, you, every song has context within the entire project. Um, so I wanted to do that. The song, the album can be listened to front to back and you can also reverse it and listen to it from back to front too, which is and it gives you uh, uh, similar stories but different different ways to get in there. If that makes sense. So okay. so that's okay. that, that about that. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as the cover, you can flip the cover front or backwards, and it's two different it's two different uh, album covers. Um, just a lot of a lot of I'm a lever too, so I'm, I'm all, I love finding okay. the okay that's, yeah, I love, yeah, like, yeah and you know what I mean and, and find the balance of things so and duality. You know, it's, it's like super dope. The cover um, is, is, is okay. that. Yeah. Um, you can do that in a different cover. Yeah. Okay. I feel that. Let's let's talk about the first. I guess this is the first single off the album. It's Heaven, right? Uh, First single off the album is Diamond. Okay. Diamond. Okay. And the first song on the album, though, the intro is Heaven. Yeah. Is that okay. what you're saying? Yeah. Heaven, intro, yeah. yeah. It's the first one on the album. How do I want to attack? Okay, so when when you completely abuse this beat, how did that feel to walk out the booth? Because <laughs> listen, <laughs> I li- no joking. This isn't me. This is no cap. This is isn't just because I'm interviewing you. When I listen to Heaven, I listen to it four times back to back because I was like, "What?" No, that's super dope. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. And I and I'm I'm a person, and, and everything has its place, right? Every type of music. The the mumble rap, everything has its place. So I'm not one of those people who just hates on on everything that's not lyrical or whatever. But I love a message in, in, in the music that I listen to. And when I heard Heaven, I was like, I, I know it's something I missed. There's no way I caught all that. Let me go back and listen again. Oh, man, that's so dope. That's yeah. super dope. So like what what was it like the process of of writing it and then like coming out of it? And I know you had to know you had a hit on your hands when you walked out of that one. So so the the guy on the hook, man, uh, Ethan White. Um, is a, is an artist that I've been working with since I started making music. Um, at the time, he was he lived like on campus, like in a dorm, very close to me. So he was somebody that I could, uh, I could rely on. I always deliver. He grew up in the church, so we just got synergy too, just because I like soul in his voice, and it's something that uh, yeah, I, I like I like I like how it sounds. I can go work with 
with anybody, you know what I'm saying? Other 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 artists and stuff, man. But it's something about him. I kind of consider him like, you know, if I was Kanye, he's like my John Legend. You know what I mean? Okay. It's kind of like a go-to sound, man. And um, and then he transferred and went to Ohio State. Uh, but I would still work with him whenever I would come home, man. And get him live. And he's always he's doing every single project I've ever dropped um, since So even fans uh, of my music that have been following my music for a while. Um, they appreciate hearing him on there because they know that it's still the same story. The story hasn't switched up. Nothing changed. Producer is still there. You know, we, we're still watching the same movie. You know, the movie hasn't changed. And so uh, so that's why I use E. White, man. I knew he was going to kill it. Um, I had the verses on there, man. I had one verse on there, um, but I didn't have a hook or anything. So I kind of sat on it. I put it on like three different beats and just and just sat on it for for years, bro. I mean, I've been working on this album four years, man. I didn't really tie it all together until, like, you know, the last several months. But uh, that's amazing. I made that in 2016. You know what I'm saying? So I've been sitting on this stuff for a while, and finally, man, he sent back a hook, and I, and I loved it. You know, and I remember I was listening to this Lauryn Hill song, and I was listening to that marching, 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 marching. So I, I shoot him the song. And shoot him some text. I was like, man, you got to add some marchings in there, man. Like some marching, having good people, you know. So he added those, man. It sounded, it sounded so dope. And uh, I think it's a great record to really like start the album off. Yeah. On. You know, I think it pretty much sets the tone. The birds chirping is really important uh, to the to the storyline. Um, the birds chirping represent uh, represent heaven. So now, so we're in a heavenly place. Um, and just a quick synopsis of the of the album, real quick, man. Uh, the story is about a man who falls from heaven. Uh, what he does is he lands in the ocean where he's, you know, pretty much just floating aimlessly, uh, where he falls in love and uh, has sex for the first time, has his heart broken. Uh, he's washed on shore. Um, when he gets washed on shore, he's on the strange land and he is befriended by this jungle man with dreads and stuff that calls himself Eve. Um, Eve is telling him, and, uh, you know, this is, uh, this, this is my world, my jungle. Um, it's kill or be killed. Um, and you gotta watch out for two types of things, you know, uh, uh, ops, and you gotta watch out for groupies. Uh, he said a lot directly to that, yeah. ops and groupies. Um, when he says it, you know, you can hear what they are and they're represented by hyenas and wolves. Um, we as a character, the listener is represented as a, as a lion. Um, you know, obviously hyenas and lions, you know, one lion can kill a hyena, but yeah. you get a bunch of room, they can they take the lion out. Uh, same thing with a lot of a lot of anything, you know, yeah. especially women. You know what I mean? Really, you know, uh, seductive women. So um, there's situations where, you know, that, that in a, in a more literal way, you know, has played out as well. But um, but he gets befriended and he's telling him to watch out for these two things. You know, you got to choose who you want to be. You want to be free, you stick with me. I got your back. Matter of fact, try this. I tell him to try something. That's where it goes into the fall, uh, where I, you know now I'm starting to go through this psychedelic experience and I'm going through this wilderness, and uh, and now I'm starting to, you know, I'm changing now. I'm starting to become more angry um, and you know becoming more spiteful. Uh, but then leads into Genesis, where now I'm starting to pick up and you know me and him, you know. Smoking weed and swinging through the cheek through the trees, like you know, like the monkeys or whatever, and hanging out in treetops. And you know, this, this this jungle type of lifestyle, man. And the longer I'm, I'm sticking with him, or the longer he's with me, uh, the, the crazier he's making. So by the time we get to heathens, uh, I'm having a uh, I'm, I'm violent now, and now he has to thinking about murder and 
you know, uh, people who, who done me wrong and stuff, so eventually I spiral out of control and die. Um, I'm awoken by a voice from this very gentle woman who, who is actually Eve. Um, she says her name is Eve. And, um, and you know, I'm on this planet called Earth. Um, you know, this planet is beautiful. You know, you can see birds and the, and the fish in the sea. Um, you can drink the water. Everything that we need is right here provided. I don't know why you make it so complicated. Um, are you hungry? Try this. She gives me something to try. And from there, that, that sobers me up. Where I actually have a revelation from God that's kind of telling me what my purpose is and what the meaning of being in this world is for. Um, that eventually leads me back to Eden, uh, which means oneness with God. So I'm not back in heaven. I'm still on earth. Uh, but now I have a, I'm more enlightened um, because now I have this sense of uh, a oneness with, with my creator. And I know exactly what I want to do. So it's more braggadocio um, and ready to go. And you hear the, the doves and the birds from the intro on the outro to show you that we're back in that heavenly place. So when you reverse it and listen to it backwards, you meet her first. Um, she's the one that sends you down this dark path uh, to where, you know, eventually you clarity and kind of still come back to where we're supposed to be. So wow. I think that's the story of life, bro. I think, you know, that's that's life. It's, it's bigger than just, um, you know, than that. I think everybody has, has a place where um, they're on the right path. Um, they lose it, you know, but... But I think it's important to also understand that it's not over either. I didn't. It wasn't so black and white where the beginning of the album is good and the second half of the album is bad because nobody's all good and nobody's all bad. Yeah. Um, the bad stuff is in the middle. You can put some good in the, in the front end, some good on the back end because it all eventually leads back to that anyway because that's what we naturally are. And I, and I think when you when you break down that message that way, first of all, that's mind blowing. You just went through the whole album. That's I, I feel it. But like, I think it's a, it's an important message nowadays because we forget as a culture sometimes about redemption. Right? We're so quick to right. like paint somebody in a certain light because of something they did in the past. Like you see now, people pull up tweets from 10, 15 years ago and want to want to hold that hold that against somebody now. And it's like we all go through redemption, and we're completely different people than what we were even. Fuck, I'm a different person than what I was a year ago, much less five, ten years ago. So, right, right, absolutely. So that that's that's what's up, man. I, I appreciate you breaking down that album. You everything that I was gonna ask you, you just broke down there. So like, I was trying to hold out. I'm like, man, is this a fitting story yeah, now? Yeah, or should yeah. I wait to let him go through? But man, I think that that's that's. I mean, that's the quickest way to, for me to describe the context of the album. Yeah. And then obviously from there. You know, people can, and it's, it's so many layers to it, man. And I think, um, I think even just from an, uh, a very organic standpoint, I think people will, will come up, will have their own interpretation based on their own experiences and their own lives and stuff, stuff that they relate to the most. Um, find even a deeper meaning than maybe I even, you know, knew was in there, you know, from it. And that's what I'm hoping, you know, and, and praying for that, uh, you know, it's for those. So. That's what's up. The album comes out the 15th, right? Uh, February 15th uh, I think we're actually Going to lean towards The 16th though Because okay. we have another Artist that's actually Releasing as well His release party Is that Saturday uh, We're going to push Mine to the next day So okay, cool. keep it up cool. yeah, so yeah, we, we got We got a link man We're in the same city We ain't got, we, we got Yeah a, yeah, yeah. Well, bro, I might have to have you Come to the studio bro. Oh for bro. sure For sure oh, My bad Siri started talking But yeah for sure man Any, Just let me know Anytime I know This was kind of we, we we put this together over the, over the course of like the last couple of days. That's why I wasn't able to do yeah, it in person, yeah. man. But I appreciate you taking time out to talk to me and break down yeah, this absolutely. album that people need to listen to, man. 
Ah, and I can't wait, man. I can't wait for it to come out. It's been a minute, man, but I put a lot of a lot of time into it. I really like the story. I think it's the most complete album I've ever made before. Um, I think from a, uh, just the concept, you know, I think the the story is is dope. I think the you know the writing of it is you know is dope. The production, I'm really proud of. Um, I'm, I'm proud of the diversity and the different spectrum of colors and vibe feels that the album provides as well. Um, and I like that it's short, man. I mean, I feel like it's it's packaged. Uh, well, where you can get through it in 30 minutes, man. And the goal is hopefully they do just run it back. I know Apple Music kind of does that anyway on its own. So, I'm, you know, I, I listened to it straight through and kind of didn't even realize that it reset all over again because that outro and that intro have the same birds and the same sort of sort of feel to it. So you don't even notice that it's the same cycle. So. That's what's up, man. What is so before we go and you plug your social media and everything, what? People walking into this album and this being the first time listening to a Von Graves, Von Graves project, what do you want them to walk in feeling and what do you want them to leave out realizing? Uh, ask me that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyone who's the, it's the first time coming into a project from you, what's what mm-hmm. what do you want them to come in into the album thinking and feeling like what what's the way that you want them to approach coming into the album? What can they expect? Uh, uh, come in with the open mind, uh, uh, open ear. Um, but I, I don't think it's that hard of a sale to be honest. I, I think that uh, I don't have to do anything. I think just listen to it. <laughs> I feel it. And, uh, you know what I mean? And, and it's going to do what it do, you know? So that's what's up. All right, man. Tell them where they can follow you because I know they're going to want to follow you after this. Uh, so you can follow me at Real Von Graves. That's R E A L V O N um, Graves, G R A V E S. That's both on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and I, I tried to do a TikTok. I don't know how to really do I did the TikTok thing, man. It's, and, I, you know, I go speak at school. Um, and, and a lot of the middle school kids had me create one. So I only post, like, one video on there. But but the kids love it, though. You know, so it's a lot of middle school kids on there. TikTok is the first that. thing that I haven't even, like, I've never downloaded. But just, like, watching my daughter, it's it's made me feel old just looking at it. I'm like, you know what? I'm good on that. <laughs> so it's like, man, but. Um, but definitely also uh, Facebook. Um, definitely like and, and subscribe. You can just find me at Von Graves. Um, and then and then follow music brands too, man. I mean, our artists. And, and that's, you know, music is, is my outlet where, you know, outside of the music and stuff, man, music is, is going to be where people get to see the side of me that is very innovative and that's uh, away from music, uh, trying to build bigger things than even just that. Um, you know, things that, you um, know, from, from tech and, and and apps and, and and things like that. So it's so it's so much that I want to do, man. And um, and the music is just uh, a small part of it, but it's a part that's important um, because it's a vessel and it's a way to then get people to to, to look at you. Um, and and then from there, I can start to uh, you know really really introduce other sides of, of myself to them. So. Okay. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us. This has been another episode of The Awakening. So we're going to go ahead and sign off. Don't leave yet. We're going to go ahead and sign off. That's it. Peace. Man, life don't always pan out how we plan it. Understand now I'm more than a rapper. Ahead of my time, a drive like I rode in the backwards. I'm older now and colder how I manage things I don't allow to damage my relationships with people who I know too well, who support it more than they abort it. Uh, I prayed to God and thought God had ignored it. But. No matter what, I still gave him the glory. Then 
weather the storms and came out with a story My faith is kinda sorta Honestly out of order When tempted I'm hella forward And caught between hell and heaven Yet heat in the bottom border Sorta like 9-11 I fell from the highest level I gotta make it to heaven I gotta make it to heaven special ones that allowed it without you i'd probably be somewhere wilder